And, you know, that was a clear sign to me that I did need to step back and take a break, which I did. I, and I was like, hey, I need to focus on me and my own recovery because I want to help in the best way I can. But I wasn't in a place where I could help anybody. I needed to help me. Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us, because we'll only take them as far as we've gone. So join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, you amazing therapists, you. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. Either way, I'm honored you're here. And today I'm interviewing Betty Delory. And this is a mini coaching episode where we talk about the business that Betty is launching. And I'm very excited for you to hear this. This is an introduction to the concept of creating from. And I may have done this before in a coaching episode with Julia Rushlow, where I talked about creating from, but um, to give you a little insight here on what I mean is that we're trained in North America and specifically as high achievers uh, to really think about where we're creating to and how to get there, all the many, many details and how we're going to do it. And then that opens up the mind to speak about all the ways it is impossible, all the snafus. And I've learned that it's backwards. What we're always trying to do is create a state of being or a feeling. We want to feel freedom in our life. We want to feel fulfillment in our life. We want to feel joy, ease, happiness, whatever it is. Well, when we vision something, it has to come from that feeling to create to that feeling. And otherwise, we just keep building a house on a foundation of conditioning. And then we just want to keep tearing it down and rebuilding. And this for therapists can look like I'm going to take another course, another certification, tweak my schedule, get a new job, move to a different agency. And it's this rebuilding and tearing down the house over and over because the system we work in is pretty broken. So the conditioning that came out of that system can be pretty broken. And that's the foundation we're building a house on. And so I'm suggesting we think of it a completely different way. And that's we create from not that conditioning as the foundation, but from what we really want. And you can find out more about Betty and the business she's starting in the show notes. Also in the show notes, if you've listened before, you know what I'm going to say. It's about the Monday MindUps email list. I'd love to keep serving you there. I'm not going to blow up your inbox. It's just about continuing to have mindset shifting messages, ahas, and ways to start questioning the things that derail you. And so you can find that in the show notes. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Betty Delory. All right. So I'm back with Betty and we are doing the coaching piece. And so Betty, share with us what you'd like to work on. Hi. Okay. So two things as I navigate going forward. So one thing that has gotten in the way 
a lot for me is some of the negative belief systems around intuitive people. Like one of the big things about being an Aboriginal person with intuitive abilities is the idea that it is evil and that I'm a false prophet and things like that. And that is something that has really stopped me a lot because everything I do comes from a really loving place. Like love is my ultimate guide for everything. So to consider that I'm harming myself or anybody weighs heavily on my mind and heart. So that's something. And I've really wrestled with it because I've come to the realization that there is nobody on this planet who can truly guarantee me that they're coming from that right loving place. And so I have to really just trust myself and that my motives and my intentions are in the right place. That's kind of how I've gotten through it. But every now and then it still pops up and I'm still like, I still get that shudder feeling of like, I don't really always know. I And mm. I don't have a lot of mentors in my life. Sometimes I'm alone. So I don't have a lot of people that I'm consulting with on this daily or regularly. The other thing that really holds me back is having had a really traumatic experience in 2020. And because I have a history of developmental trauma and other complex traumas, having another significant life-changing trauma really shook up my nervous system. And I've had a hard time getting my body back to a comfortable place. I, I guess I'd say a comfortable place. Like I, I experience a lot of physical sensation, like my muscle tension is like absolutely ridiculous. So because of that, mm -hmm. I suffer from headaches and I guess migraines and dizziness. And when it happens, my brain says, oh, this is a sign that we're not getting better. And then I get anxious and I get into this little spiral that takes me backwards. And more than anything, I just want to feel, you know, again, <laughs> I can describe it with a sigh. Like, I just want to feel content. I want my body to be in a good place. I want to not be dizzy. And it's almost like my nervous system gets overstimulated much easier now. So by like noon, I need a nap. Mm. I'm exhausted. Like I'm wiped, like absolutely wiped. Just one question. When we've spoken before, you've said that that the maybe it fits into the first thing, which is the the perception of others that you might be doing harm. Mm -hmm. Does that also fall in with the like cultural you should have all this this kind of education or that kind of thing? Or is that something you've let go of? No, that definitely pops up okay. all the time, actually. And I would say that goes with the first piece is this it really all comes down to like, yeah, doubting myself and not feeling like I'm qualified or the right person to be doing this. Okay. So that's sort of like camp one is the, the doubts and the, the thing I hear under that, cause I know in myself and when I've worked with so many others, it's the, the criticisms, the fear of criticism. It's like, somebody's going to say something and possibly underneath that is like a little thing that we can all have is like, am I really worthy? And so if they criticize, it will trigger that. And so the doubt can come in and sort of spiral. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely feel like I doubt myself and 
I don't get a lot of criticism, but I feel like if I do, I'm the first to like jump on board and be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Not literally out loud, but like inside in head. my head, that's what I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I, I don't have a, a BA, I don't have a master's, I have a certificate in addictions counseling and a lifelong journey of healing as my backing and then you know my intuition in my pocket is always informing me Mm -hmm. but I know that the world doesn't always think that's enough right yeah and you have all the years of experience of working with people but you have incredible gifts that I've witnessed you're in touch with the dimensions that are not visible in a profound way one of the reasons I started this podcast is because the cultural indoctrination we receive is so very powerful. And I heard two things. I heard sort of the colonial mindset in there that like, you know, indigenous people, there's such a history of indigenous ways of knowing just being trashed and culture being, you know, torn apart. And then there's the culture of higher education that is so hierarchical and indoctrinating. And both of those have gone unquestioned in many instances. So there's that. And then I see this image and it's like two sides of a river, but there's a bridge over it. And it's like doubt, the bridge that takes you from this thing we're talking about over to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. That like, if the doubt happens, that comes from these things, these conditions, we're all conditioned over to... The doubt bridge leads you back over to then the nervous system gets involved to be protective, which I imagine would then end up in like moving forward feels challenging. Absolutely. And you, you worded that so perfectly better than I feel I did, but that's exactly what it is. It's like, so I have that, that initial doubt of the criticisms of what I do. And then on top of that, it's like, now that I'm back at work again, I have been for a little while. But originally I went back probably too soon. I went back to work in 2021 and I would, you've heard me use the word trauma forgot, right? Mm -hmm. I I say that a lot, like through the trauma, I felt like it bumped me out of myself, which trauma does. We know this. And I lost touch with a lot of the things that I knew that I knew to be true about my, my beliefs and how I work with clients. That was kind of where I feel like I really lost my way it's like and then I would go to work and I would be sitting with a client and I'd be like man there was a time when I would know what to say and I didn't and it happened once and then the fear of it happening again just Mm -hmm. kept coming back like what if I'm with somebody and I don't know how to support them anymore Mm. and you know that was a clear sign to me that I did need to step back and take a break which I did I took And I'm like, hey, I need to focus on me and my own recovery because I want to help in the best way I can, but I wasn't in a place where I could help anybody. I needed to help me, Mm -hmm. but you know, it still lingers a little bit. I know it's time for me to go back to work. I know it is because sitting at home, I feel gross and stagnant Mm. and I feel like it's actually keeping me in that place. Whereas even though my mind might not think I'm ready, my body and my intuition is telling me you're ready. Okay. My intuition and my, I feel like my unconscious mind is really, you know, our guides or something are helping me. So I saw there when you were talking about how you were feeling when you were back at work, right after the trauma happened, it was like, I saw your self, your egoic self 
running across the bridge. There's a river running under this bridge, but running across the bridge. And now I saw when you described present day, when you become stagnant, you're walking across the bridge. And I think our work today is about getting some sort of something to get you in the river. I mean, I saw you jumping into a kayak and the river looked a little bit rapid sort of, but like movement that's been maybe, maybe that's why it's like rapids. It's, it's, it's been sort of stagnant and like a dam let go behind. And now it's like got a whoosh for you. Does a kayak resonate? Absolutely. I love kayaking. <laughs> Beautiful. It's interesting because that's how I would describe my energy levels right now. Exactly like that. Like it's feast or famine. Like mm. some days I'm absolutely back to myself and I'm like, this is amazing. I'm home again. And then it's whoosh and I'm depleted and I can barely mm. get out of bed and I'm eating garbage because I just cannot muster the energy to prepare anything healthy or proper to eat. And it's like cereal for supper, fine. Or the pizza, fine. And I know that's not what my body needs. I know that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm craving. I understand. And so I know you have gone into studying and been called to the polyvagal system, the polyvagal theory, Stephen Porges' work. We've talked about Mm -hmm. SSP Mm -hmm. and So this is where it's so interesting and being a therapist for, you know, a number of years, I still have the pull back to therapy. So my therapist mind is going, you should mention the, you know, because Betty might want some support here, but my coach mind is going, no, Betty can just jump into the kayak because (laughs) Betty already knows this. So what do you think about we go into an experience where we see what it is that behind the, I see it as your ego, which we are all driven by ego is the one that is running on the bridge or walking on the bridge or flumping on the bridge, you know, when we're tired and it's not your ego jumping into the canoe. I see it as yourself, big S Mm -hmm. or the kayak, excuse me. Uh, It's a kayak in my mind, but you can choose the vehicle. What do you think if we do some experiencing and we go Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. Sounds amazing. Okay. I like experiential. (laughs) Oh, ditto. And, you know, I heard a stat the other day that the areas of the brain that experience are literally a million times faster than the thinker. Mm -hmm. Literally. So that's cool. Yeah. All right. That is cool. How about we then get kind of settled and close your eyes if you're open to that, but you can leave them open if you'd prefer. Just starting to feel the sense of here and now. Feeling the body weight and all the places that your body touches anything else. Noticing that the past and the future are gone. They're not real now. It's just this moment with every breath becoming more and more immersed in this moment. Feeling the weight of the body and broadcasting message to your entire being, including your nervous system, that it is only now there is such a thing as time. And it's only now 
Letting them all let go of any holding past or future. And if any part of you is unsure, notice how you have all the oxygen you need. You have the complete support of the bed, the pillow. If you wanted, you could have all the water you could drink. You could have food. All your needs right now are met. I wouldn't take my word for it, but just notice. I want you to imagine now getting into the river. And this river leads you to a representation of your deepest desire. This desire may look like something the mind knows, but will discern in that it may just be a feeling, maybe an image, it may be a gift for you, it may even just be the scenery. It's an open observer mind. We're looking for the vibration or the knowing the root of what you most want that will guide you when you're making decisions. What are you noticing now? It was really difficult to get there. Mm -hmm. It was really, like I really had to sit with it. And, but the feeling that came forward for me was just wanting more joy and contentment in my life. Hey, just notice that joy and contentment now. It can be in the river or not in the river. Let's imagine that you pulled a gift from, I'm seeing it from like your lower stomach, below your belly button. You pulled out a gift and you open that gift. Just tell me what you see. A plain rock. Hmm. And do you notice joy? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I saw that look on your face like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. So joy. So just notice that, that there's something. Think of this. It's like an anchor or a totem. It's, it's something tangible to help with discernment. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you more about that discernment after, but it's about right now kind of getting really immersed in what is this rock showing you? What is the joy feeling like? Sometimes we need more imagery. The being speaks mm -hmm. to us in a very different way than the mind, right? Yeah. Well, I, I let out a little giggle because at first I was confused. Like <laughs> this is like, it's just a plain old round gray rock. It's not a pretty rock. But then I could hear a little girl laughing and mm. see to her, this wasn't just a rock. This was potential. This was opportunity to do all kinds of things with this rock. Her mischievous side is like, I'm going to pretend it's a potato because it really looks like a potato. And then the other aspect is I can paint this. I can, you know, there's just like 
endless. Like she's so excited for all the things she's going to do with this plain old rock. Mm. And can you resonate with that? I really can resonate with that because we really do have a rock that looks like a potato and my kid really did hide in the potato bin. And I just think, oh, it's a recommend so many times to people the medicine of the child mm. and I just forget to hear that for myself sometimes of like mm. the power of play Beautiful. so your being to me is saying to you remember the medicine of the child remember mm-hmm. to play and have lightness and joy the way I like to use this practice for coaching because coaching and therapy to me differ in that coaching is about this expansion Therapy would be go back and understand the river. Coaching's like get in the river and see where it's going to take you and expand. But it's about, this practice for me is about when you're discerning, the next time you're making a decision from what's your website carrier going to be, what are the pictures going to be that go on there? You know that in those moments, we all know, some part of you that lives on the bridge could go like, well, they better be really professional right? Like whatever the heck that means, but the ego knows what that means. And it's got to be probably pretty boring. Like I, I see everybody's looking very formal. This is just an example. But if you ask the you that wants to create a life that feels like that laughter, that's where you're going to know. And it's not about asking, wait for the concept. It's about look at the rock and you may have some words. It's about get back into that literal vibration in a vibrational universe. And then the decisions we make, they're completely different, mm-hmm. right? The ahas open up. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have these multiple parts within all of us and these different systems. And there's a, another question I like to ask myself, which sometimes clarifies and can for me bring this oh, it's just sorts, it's like tons of stuff just falls away. And I'm like, oh, that's heart-centered and that's what I'm following. And I love to use this question. People who've heard my podcast will probably know it. And it's, what is worth being criticized for? Like my shape of great brain is like, oh boy, well, what's the context? I need more information. (laughs) Right. And so the answer usually from ego is nothing. It will look and do exactly what you said there. And if you ask the parts of you that are on the bridge, it would say nothing. Let me know more. Let me see if I can control it. No problem. Everybody's ego will do it. But that's how you know if you're about to make a decision, is this worth being criticized for? The only things that are really to us that we're like, yeah, I don't care. My people will find me. I'm, what I'm meant to do will come out of this. That comes from that being. So if you were to look back at that rock, Mm-hmm. And feel back that joy and hear that laughter. If you made a decision about your business from the place of this joy, would it worth being criticized for if someone didn't get it or they didn't like it? Absolutely. 100%. So it's just sort of about, to me, the coaching I like to do is about finding the core thing that will help you discern. Because like you said in the first interview, What I like to do is I don't want to teach people a system that they always have to rely on me. I'd like to teach them some ways. There's a bunch of different ways to discern. And then they're the ones discerning. No therapist, no coach, no other person can ever live in our lives 
And it's these kind of little experiences that give us the, oh, that does not vibrate like this. Or, ooh, I never would have went there, but that, I can hear that giggle. Absolutely. That really fit. For me, the business startup has been a dream, but it's also been a scary movement forward. And I find myself taking the steps forward all the time, even though there's still this big part of me, the ego part that's like, are we ready? Are we Mm -hmm. sure? Are people going to come? Or, you know, all the, all the, the questions and it's like, I, I know they're there. I feel them. I have those worries, but something is still moving me forward. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of new for me because I'm, like I said, I'm the type of person who needs to be absolutely certain of where my next foot is going to fall. Mm. Sounds like you're getting more comfortable with the uncertainty. And just, I saw the image of you holding your ego's hand. Like we're just, we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. Ego tends to want to stop, plan everything out and mitigate uncertainty. But Mm -hmm. life is very uncertain and in some of the most beautiful ways at times. Yeah. And I've wrestled with that whole like education piece. And I I feel like there is a part of me, like when I'm in this self right now, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that like, I want my BA, but I want it not because I need it to be a better therapist or counselor or helper or guide or intuitive. But because I just love learning, I love knowledge. Like I am a sponge for it. It's like, teach me something new, show me something I don't know. And I think that's what I found so hard about this process for me is a lot of my mentors have come and gone or they've stayed for short periods. They've, you know, showed me something and then they've left. So a lot of this stuff I've had to rely on my own intuition. And one of the amazing things about it that continues to fascinate me over and over is that I will pull up something and I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm going to share with you. This is what I'm understanding about this, this aspect of our being. And then later on, I read it somewhere and it's true. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. It's like, it's reaffirming for me that it's this intuition, this inner knowing is very, very much there. It's very much alive. It is not false. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, And I just, sometimes I get a little lost and my ego will pull me off and I don't trust what I'm getting or I don't like what I'm getting. Mm. (laughs) I'm kind of, you know, and it's like, oh, but it's still, it's still true. Even if I don't like it, even if it's not what I want to hear, you know, it's, it's proven to me time and time again, that it is, it is real. And that is, it's so, it's so reassuring Mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm in this state right? I do. Like, I will go back to that ego place probably later when I'm less grounded or whatever, but it feels so light. Exactly. To me, that's why doing this, because it's so, it's affirming to know that, but that's why I like to do this, go to the being, ask the being, use that as a way to discern, because we will go back. State is what dictates trait for, I mean, we can have the best traits in the world, whatever the hell that means, but It's the state we're in that is how we apply everything we know and who we are as being a human. So for me, these little, what we've done today is about whatever state you're in, you can shift before you make a decision. There's nothing wrong with going into all that is 
the experience of being a human being, that's why we're here. I mean, if we weren't supposed to feel all these things, we would just be happy all the time. We'd be the Bud Light commercial. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but (laughs) it was like a bunch of people. And then they all turned into like bottle caps with happy faces. It was just such a metaphor for what our culture pushes. That's what we'd be if we were supposed to be that. So we lose our way, we find our way and there's beauty in it. I think what I've seen and what I try to do and have seen with coaching clients is this will be in all kinds of different states and we can use something like this anchor to come back into the state that we want to follow mm-hmm. when we make a decision. And so I would recommend when we're done as you're naming the state right now, which is grounded and more clearly closer to that rock and the joy and the giggle mm-hmm. is I would define it for yourself clearly, you know, really bring in the imagery that will help you shift to the state if you need it. Really hear that giggle, any words, any other senses, because we do sometimes, we go into a completely different state and we all know what happens if we make a decision from there. We go, oh yeah, whoops. Yeah, I know where, I didn't know where this path path would lead me in the moment, but I certainly see how it did now. Okay, and I'm hearing what you're wanting is to have a path that's aligned with joy. It really is. And it's, it's interesting because that's usually how the sessions with my clients go. They're, they're very joyful. And, you know, people are like laugh crying. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, they're mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting on all the crap that I've been scared to talk about yet. I'm like happy. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's the cool thing is when you're sitting in loving energy, it really does feel good. It's very joyful. It's very light and playful. And it can be a really uplifting experience. And it's very cool because a lot of the people that I work with and a lot of the people that seem to be drawn to me are the very intellectual clients. And it's like, okay, so I have my work cut out for you to get you from here down into your heart here, or even into your your core, into your spirit. It's fascinating to feel it. It feels just really good. Excellent. Yeah. And I think that that's to this, this embodiment is, for example, in marketing, this is what you'll create in the sessions. I remember once hearing this story of these two ladies when they worked on their own, they did these very playful, fun, joyful sessions with corporate gatherings where they would teach something about leadership or something. But they had a unique way of doing it. Like it was like the inner child came out. Then they decided let's join forces. And when they did, they put together marketing, but they put it together from the place of what they thought people would want. Very professional. And then they didn't really thrive. They had been thriving, came back together and went, what the hell? Then they met with the marketing consultant. They said, well, this doesn't show what you do. This is not joyful. This is not fun. It's just like, kind of a corporate pamphlet and it just has the energy of like you know mm-hmm. and they realized oh man what we do must be in what we're showing to the world so the joy is what you get in your sessions it's what get is the wrong word it's it's what your sessions become this joyful yeah. experience of pain and you know enlightenment so i think that that makes a lot of sense why that's your guiding principle. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
I do agree. I think the joy and the contentment is definitely when you set down those heavier energies, you make more room for those joy and content pieces to come in. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're doing. It's like, okay, like, and a lot of times when I talk to these energies, you know, like anxious or fear or sadness, it's like, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. They know their time's up and they, they need to move on. They're very aware of that it's the ego that clings to them. So it's, you know, and I've, I've sat with clients a lot of times where it's like, you know, trying to get them into that spirit space and they keep going up to intellectual and you could tell right away because it's very logical. It's very questiony. And it's like, okay, we're just going to ask that version of you to just sit down for a minute. We're not banishing him. He's just, we're just going to get him or her to, you know, sit, sit aside and we're going to invite in this other part of you. I want to hear from the other parts. And, mm-hmm. and it's so fascinating to see the transformation of people, like their whole demeanor changes, like their eyes light up and, you know, they're smiling and, you know, if they're slumped over, they sit up straighter. Like it's, it's absolutely bewildering to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The embodiment of these deeper core tenets of what it is to be us. So I hope that that was helpful. Yeah, it was really helpful. It helped remind me that I need to listen to what my inner self wants. Mm-hmm. You've already started that journey. You've, you've, you were saying earlier, you've already started taking the steps forward. And that I kind of envision that ego is sort of watching rather than trying to, it'll come in. But obviously you've been able to find a way where you can keep moving forward even if it wants you to stay on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Well, it's fascinating because just like the water, you know, I'm moving forward, whether I'm a willing participant or not. (laughs) So I may as well jump on board and make sure it's moving in a direction that's going to bring me more, more peace and joy rather than sitting in the suffering. Mm, That is beautiful. I thank you so much, Betty. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.